0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, Wise Woman's
3: Hi, Susan. How are
2: you? Oh, I am enjoying a spectacular autumn show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. On Sunday, we were talking about herbs to be gathering now to help you in the winter time, And one of my favorites is an herb that you often hear about but you only hear people using the root of sassafras. Now, I grow. Sassafras grows where I live, but it's the northern range for sassafras, so I don't get big sassafras trees, so I don't want to dig up the roots. So many, many years ago, I started using the leaves, and right at this time, the leaves start turning the most beautiful orange color. And I, of course, associate the orange with strong immunity I think of the belly chakra as the orange chakra and I think of winter squashes and pumpkins and yams and carrots and sassafras leaves which are held very low and fall to the ground and I often pick them up off the ground and I dry them just let them air dry and then I stuff a half gallon jar with as many leaves as is practical I don't cut them up or crush them up, so it's not not really that many leaves in there. And fill it to the top with boiling water and let it sit, and then I drink that hot or cold. And, in fact, I found because there's mucilage in the sassafras leaves, I can pour more cold water in there when it's empty and just let it sit in the refrigerator for a few days and it's good to go again. Sassafras, Mm. because it's protein-free, of course, will stay good in your refrigerator for months and months and months. So, I just brew it up at the beginning of the winter season and have it around in case I need it to soothe uh, sore throats, to soothe uh, tightness in the lungs, to soothe uh, <clears throat> stuffy noses or sinus problems. Sesfress is one of my favorite slippery, slimy herbs.
3: Yum, yeah, it doesn't grow where I live, unfortunately, but. Maybe no. sometime I'll be out on, in the east and I can work with it.
2: <laughs> yes, right at this time of the year is the perfect, perfect mm-hmm. time. We were actually, of course, walking down the road to go see Boneset, um, herb that has um, really um, come into prominence here in COVID days, so much so that herbalists in China are now using bone set. So American herbalists have been using Chinese herbs for a while now. Chinese herbalists are starting to use American herbs because um, bone set has such a powerful and strong reputation for countering the flu, any kind of flu. Mm Mhm.
3: Yeah, I've been gathering lots of rose hips this last week. I went out to a site where we're thinking of moving the teepee that I have, and there were tons of rose hips out there, various kinds. And yeah, so I've been infusing them mostly in vinegar and some in oil. And mm. do you do anything else with uh, with rose hips, Susan?
2: Well, you know, the rose that grows around me is a wild rose, and it has Lots of very, very small rose hips, and they have resisted my desire to make them into any kind of remedy at all.
3: Hmm. How the, have they resisted?
4: If you put <laughs> you them in vinegar? Uh
2: huh. If you put them in vinegar, six weeks later, you have rose hips in vinegar, and the vinegar does not taste of rose hips.
3: Okay. Huh? Interesting. I've made. See, if, I have not used the ones. Them that in honey, I got. Uh huh.
2: Six weeks later, you have rose hips and honey, and there's no rose hip in the honey. If you dry them. And is it just like
3: very hairy? Is that the problem with it?
2: They're tiny. They're smaller <laughs> than linden seeds.
3: Oh wow! They're that small. Okay.
2: Tiny, tiny <laughs> rose hips. There's thousands of them, but they're tiny. And they're hard. Mm-hmm. And you can't dry yeah. them and make a tea out of them because there's always insect larvae in them. Mhm. Yeah, I actually
3: froze these ones before I put them into the vinegar just to kind of loosen them up. I've, here, they'll get like a little funky if you wait for the the frost to come. But I do like the the consistency of them after they have gone through a frost.
2: Mhm.
3: But. Uh, They're much more like pectin rich in that way.
2: And yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, many of the fruit, the native peoples wait until they have been, you know, frosted before they started picking them. They're a way of getting it frozen Mm -hmm. and getting more food value out of it.
3: Yeah, that I'm holding off on hawthorn because of that. I like the hawthorn Mm. later. Oh, what? Yeah. Lots of good medicine this time of year, though. I like like the very rich, colorful, you know, elderberries and um, all the different mm. berries, haws and hips and stuff, you know.
4: <laughs> I
2: mm-hmm. got I got an amazing gift in the mail. Someone sent me bottles of herbal tonics that are being produced to be sold in stores. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any price list or note or anything with it. Um, and in one way, how nice to have you know herbal tonics in stores. In another way, to me, this really exemplified um, how herbal medicine can go wrong. Because what we have here are not like, an herbal tonic made of herbs we have a beverage which is well the first ingredient in every one of them and there are quite a few flavors the first ingredient is water and the second ingredient is either lemon or lime and then the third ingredient is proprietary herb blend
0: Hmm.
2: And proprietary means, of course, I don't want you to have think that you could make this blend because it's mine. I own it. Mm-hmm. So here's the proprietary herb blend. Elderberry, in elderberry defense. Elderberry, hibiscus, cinnamon, orange peel, ginger, astragalus, cardamom, rosehip, tulsi. And then it also has maple syrup, monk fruit extract. So it's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And Justine looked it up. I was about, you know, it re- looks like it retails for about $5 a bottle. And I thought, oh, that was very expensive. And she said, well, you know, if you're going out every day and buying a fancy coffee, you're spending $5 on the coffee, and this herbal tonic would be better for you.
3: Mhm. Possibly. Yeah, some of the some of the drinks in the health food stores are quite spendy, I would say. And <laughs> people are used to spending that kind of money for them. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was So I I think, you know, what what are you paying for a pound of nettle these days?
3: I just bought some for 20
2: a pound. And that's sixteen ounces.
3: Mhm.
2: So that will make four gallons of nettle infusion mm-hmm. for twenty dollars. Yeah. And here you get twelve ounces for five dollars. Here's green mineral, nettle, oats, rosehip, lemongrass, linden, raspberry, red clover, horsetail. And interestingly enough, the last ingredient is chlorophyll. Now nettle is the plant that is often used to extract chlorophyll from because it is so chlorophyll rich. And so a uh, Again, it leaves me first of all to smile that oh, look, the infusion herbs lacking comfrey right are here, yeah, in this uh, mineral rich, but how much nettle is there even in there that chlorophyll has to be added to make it look green,
3: mhm,
2: right I mean your uh, my nettle infusion is so green, it looks almost black, yeah, I do, mhm, so it's it, it it's almost as though. I, I sense the possibility that people will think they're getting something they're not.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the, the herbal misinformation, though, but, I mean, unless people are kind of like tapped into this kind of, you know, wisdom, herbal wisdom, they're getting i don't know i just see people ask herbal stuff online and they get i can't even comment because there's just so much like everybody has like such a different skewed viewpoint that like it's not even worth getting into a conversation with people about it but yeah i see what you're saying and it's uh it's Like my friend said the other day, this is like a totally, it's a lost art, you know. It's like most people just don't even get it or want to take the time to understand really how to extract, you know. But I think it can be like really simple. It's just like people make it
2: too complex, you know. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I have, you know, the very first herb book that I had was Herbs and Things by Jeannie Rose. And she's such a wonderful woman and a marvelous herbalist. But I have to admit that as somebody who didn't know squat diddly, you know, knew about, you know, rosemary and basil and thyme and cinnamon and cardamom and ginger. Certainly I was cooking with those things, but I didn't really know about using herbs. And I opened up herbs and things, and the very first recipe has, what, like 16 or 17 herbs in it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, I'll, I'll never be able to be an herbalist. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Because it's way too complicated, too many ingredients.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I honor her for doing that and for you know giving me this like push to make it really simple for people. hmm We have a really interesting guest tonight. She is a spiritual business coach. Bet you never heard of a spiritual business coach coach. Her name is Beth Weinstein and she works especially with entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, and leaders. She is going to be talking to us about secret plant medicines, and visionary medicines, and how that can help you align yourself to do what you love and make money at it. All right. Mm
0: -hmm. I live
2: uh, nearby the editor of uh, the art journal here, and, of course, I live in a a -a chock-a-block art place being Woodstock and even Socrates really. Um, Huge numbers of artists. And almost um, over at our house, it was a small party, a gallery opening or something. And um, we got to talking and she was telling me about how many you know, people would have worked regular jobs and done some kind of art as a sideline and then decided, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do my art and make my money from my art. And she says, it's almost always doomed to failure because... For most people, what's really important about their art is they don't have to make money from it. And as soon as it becomes something that you have to do to somebody else's whim, to somebody else's desire, it becomes not that much fun anymore. So she said that her advice to most people is whatever you do... um, keep your art on on the side. Um and if it turns out that you can actually make money from it, how exciting. But don't put mm-hmm. that as as your goal. There. So I found that quite fascinating. And that has stuck with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: Well so, it'll be interesting to hear to hear Beth and how she how she works it
2: in Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Looking forward to it. Do we have any questions mm-hmm. tonight?
3: Yeah, we have a few people with their hands raised. If you have a question for Susan, make sure to press 1, and we'll go to the first caller in the 845
5: area code. Hello? Hello. Hi, Susan. Hi, Rebecca. How are you tonight? I'm wonderful. Um your show is spectacular tonight. It hits on every point in my heart that is in my head right now. I want to talk about visionary medicine and I, I'd like to start my story with a follow up from a couple weeks ago, I believe. I called in about, um, about a plant I talked to Um let me see if I can get my pronunciation correct. Uh Not cortifolium. Um Erychoides. E- I'm not sure how to say the second part. It's the Downey Heath Aster. Okay. So I was walking by this... This plant, um, and and you know they just sprung up out of nowhere, uh, and um, they started last year a couple of years ago, but this year they were prolific. So I t- I stopped and I and I said to the plant, I always wanted to know what it what it what it would do. if I asked it a question, but I didn't know the right question. So I said, I said um what would you what, um can how can I play with you or something like that and the plant said i am spiritual and i will open your mind and i and i remember you saying <clears throat> well you know you know the the plant you know experiment with it what not what not so but i looked it up and lo and behold, it is an herb used with other herbs in, in, a, sweat, in a sweat lodge. And so I, I immediately knew it wanted to somehow heal my spirit with that word, I am spiritual. And now you're talking about the arts, which has been my love far and beyond any herb on this earth until my time of need, of course. And I feel somewhat embarrassed and ashamed, but not because I've learned to talk to the plants. And I want to thank you for that. You are the one and only one that ever got me into this subject, and I'm fascinated by it, and I can't wait to learn more about the secret stories that these plants have. Um, there's there's a seminar coming up on the American Botanical Council, I believe, on Thursday that discusses the subject in specifics to a, a, a very <laughs> Uh, sad uh, subject, but um, that on the plantations, on the cotton plantations, cotton was often used to uh, protect against pregnancy, um, along with another flower. Um,
2: cotton, cotton does not protect against pregnancy.
5: Cotton well, is if they see
2: it. Cotton root is an important thing.
5: Well, well maybe that's the word. Maybe they were trying to be kind in their description, Susan. I knew you would know about this. I knew you would. And then I, the t- t- I, t- I, talked, I
2: talked to a woman yes? of color at an herbal conference and asked her uh, if she would talk to me about the use of cotton root. And mm-hmm. she was very happy yeah, too, because really? it's the root, right, of the cotton. It's actually the root bark. And Isn't that something? She said that her grandmother had talked to her about it and that um, the grannies, you know, would dig the cotton root and, you know, tie it up in their um, skirts and bring it back. Because once the um, slave owners started understanding what was happening, they wouldn't let the women of childbearing years into the fields except under necessity. Oh wow. She had a lot to Isn't say. She said something. It. She said that it was extremely effective. Uh-huh. And we do know that cotton root bark does contain um very strong chemicals that cause uterine contraction.
5: Well, it's not a pleasant subject for sure, but it's good information to know. No
2: it's
5: week
2: uh, especially, especially toast, in these which times in the yeah.
5: hospital so it yeah um and then there was a flower also that grows down there um little tiny florets kind of like a little you know half ball kind of shape uh i can't remember i didn't write it down it's not hawthorn but it's almost like uh haw flowers or something or some other flower um, that's also uh, the subject of this conversation. But that's not really what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the fact that this plant talked to me and told me how to play with it. How amazing. I am am blown away because it said two things. It said, I am spiritual and I will open your mind. Now, this plant is not only used in sweat lodges, they say, and I don't know who because I can't find the article again, that it was or can be used to revive on consciousness. And I thought, whoa, talk about opening your mind, but I know that's not what it meant for me. I don't think so, but maybe that's another reason why they, well, that is one of the very special reasons. It's just, it's so stimulating and um, to give vision and insight um, for whatever prayer or healing you need, I suppose, you know, and what a beautiful gift this plant gave me. I mean, so succinct and proper, like, like a how-do-you-do, you know. <laughs> Thanks for saying hi, finally. I've been trying to get your attention, you know. Like I couldn't walk anywhere without, you know, someone across the flowers. So it's still blooming, and here's my new berry. And, and oh, the beautiful plants, they speak to you. Um this barberry now it is invasive it's, I believe it's the Japanese barberry I have but I take three berries a day and I eat it and it is doing such wonders from head to toe I feel I,
2: and they're so wonderful too
5: I feel like superwoman eating these berries and it's got I think some of them I think one to three seeds as far as I can tell when I'm rolling my tongue I don't really like the Look up information because then I never use my brain and try to figure things out. You know.
2: I hear you. I absolutely hear you. I have never counted the seeds. I often eat them as snacks.
5: Oh, we they were, just are we getting were really good seeds, now. The partridge
2: berries the other day, though.
5: You were eating partridge berries. Of course. Yeah, those are good too. Some well, people say they're kind of would, mealy or bland, oh, it, but it, you it, know. It, 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 I often
2: say yeah. that they have less taste than tofu.
5: <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, partridge berries, um, where are the winter berries? Everybody says they're growing around here, and I'm like, all oh, I see is partridge berries. Don't you have to go to the bog for the for the uh, winter berries?
2: Well, it depends on what plant you mean by winter berry. A common name can refer to more than one plant. Wintergreen is sometimes called winterberry. That's Gaultheria yeah. procumbens. And um, there's quite a bit of wintergreen in the area, but it doesn't always have berries.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: They get picked easy, I guess, by the animals and stuff.
2: I think that it doesn't always flower.
5: Oh, it's sensitive.
2: Certainly not like the partridge berry, which puts out a lot of flowers and berries.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: They grow grow in the same kind of area. And the Galtheria procumbens, um, unlike the repens, doesn't actually creep. It's like small plants. Most of the plants are, oh, no more than five inches tall.
0: Yeah,
5: I think don't those berries grow under leaves too? Where like on a partridge berry, they stick up more, They're or
2: exactly uh, right up above where you can see them.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're so right.
5: That's right, and and there's a little variegation in the in the winter uh, green, right? Like there's it, more like like of a stripyness or something. Like
2: actually, the partridge berry usually has a white stripe down the middle of the leaf, and the winter green rarely does.
5: Oh, okay, I got it wrong. Okay. That's okay. All right, yeah. Yeah. Trying to figure that out. But I'm I'm just blown away and um I went so I went searching to see like where can I go go get a sweat lodge because where I know where I where I used to know and I suppose these folks are still way, way up there, um like by Lake Placid, I you know, I I can't drive way up there. I'm like, So where where can I go for a sweat lodge? So I, you know, just look around and, you know, I guess, you know, maybe uh, this is not the time of year because it's 2020, you know, and nobody's doing anything like that, I suppose. So how foolish. I think I have to build my own. So it, I guess that's possible, right? Why not? Anything's possible. Anything
2: yes? is absolutely possible and certainly people all over the world have places where they go to get hot in the wintertime. Saunas.
5: Oh, that sounds wonderful in the wintertime, yeah.
2: Right. (sighs) Saunas and hot tubs and things like that. My my understanding um, is that white buffalo calf woman brought Uh both the sweat lodge and the medicine pipe to the men to help them Remember to honor the women.
0: Oh. Oh.
2: So let's, let's think about this for a moment. During the fertile years, a woman could be pregnant between ovulation and menstruation and not necessarily know it because she hasn't skipped a menstrual period yet. And during the first three weeks of gestation, the fetus is incredibly vulnerable to genetic damage by heat. So we, generally speaking, wouldn't want to have fertile women or women of childbearing age in a sweat lodge. Okay. After menopause, it's important for us to maintain good bone mass, and that's partly because it's difficult to rebuild bone mass after menopause. And sweat is primarily your bones.
0: Okay
5: I'm listening,
2: Oh, if we are postmenopausal and we're going into a sweat lodge, we could actually lose bone mass. Now, certainly, if you just do this once um, and you're not pregnant, it wouldn't do that. But again, my understanding is that white buffalo calf brought these gifts to the men, and that they were to go into the lodge of the stone people once a month while the women were in the moon lodge to remind them as men that they had all come on this From the womb, by From the way womb. of womb.
5: Wow, what a story. Oh, so,
2: so for you as a woman, going into a sweat lodge is kind of
5: confusing. Well, it's funny because when I had the idea, I thought of a man's backyard that I was like to build it for, and I thought he should go in it. That was my thought. I was like, yeah, I'll build it on his property. (laughs) So right. So right. (laughs) right. Well, the plant really does tell you what to do. Yeah. It's so funny. And this is a fellow I kind of like, but, you know, something's not quite right there with the feminine, you know. He just doesn't quite – he wants to get it, but he's not quite getting it. The other
2: thing thing that I might do in a situation like this was I might seed a dream. So before I go to sleep, I say – I would like to have a dream of a life in which I was in a sweat lodge.
5: What do you mean a dream of a life when you were in a sweat lodge? I mean, I've been in a sweat lodge. I mean exactly that. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, you ask your imagination or your inner wisdom or the uh, Akashic Records or whatever you name it to give you a dream about a time that you were in a sweat lodge.
5: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. That's a, that's good. That's, mm-hmm. I could I could work with that. Yeah,
2: and so that you can have that experience without exposing yourself to COVID.
5: I I still feel propelled to build this little, I I like a, maybe just like a one-person lodge just for myself and try to create my own experience because. Oddly enough, a neighbor came down and took a couple of trees and cleared stuff out and, like, showed me, like, I have this perfect spot. And the rock people are all there with the ledges. And it just feels so, like, such a sacred little spot. It's just calling me, calling me, calling me. But I, I, you know, to get the willow and um, I, I, I would feel awkward without, you know, help. I don't think anybody can build one by themselves unless... They we're on like a big giant quest But then again you never know You never know I think I got a couple girlfriends that might pitch in That, but that might be nice A couple of girlfriends and me Yeah I, Maybe we could do something I just I just feel like in the mood For trying that new life you just spoke about Like getting my Getting my adventure back in my life uh, I was an artist Um I made some money off of it. That was nice. I could have went big. I just said, no, I'm not selling my soul. And uh, and now I feel awkward because I'm like, that's really all I have, you know, like um, that I'm good for as far as making money, I guess. But I am making my medicines and I'm I'm talking to the plants and I have five pounds of Herbs coming to get me through the winter till March, uh you know it's a good feeling to hunker down for the winter. My grandson was born October second. yay, congratulations, and thank you, thank you, Susan. Well, that's why I keep not showing up uh to look at your goats, <laughs> but I will, <laughs> you know, and just wow, the the wind is blowing. It's a beautiful time in my life. Suddenly things make sense again. And and a lot of that has to do with my gratitude to, towards you. And I thank you profusely and profoundly for all the gifts you've shared with so many people. And, and, and green blessings, Susan.
2: Thank you. Green blessings to you too. Bye.
3: The next caller is coming from the 604
6: area code. Hi, Susan. This is um, Adriana Gillespie and Christina Gillespie, Maretta Gillespie's daughters, and we're speaking for her because uh, her voice is very weak, um, and so she can't really speak. So um, thank you very much for all your support to our mother over the years. And uh, we'd like to give you an update on where she's at. Thank you. Yeah. And see if you can help her. So, um, um, can we... we'll get there. We'll the get there. The, um, the the that would be best. Okay, uh, could, Mom wants us to tell you the latest infection that was diagnosed. Um, she has something uh, an an irritation up to her nasal cavity and around her nose and actually all over her face. And it's It's called called chlorine bacterium growth. Chline Bacterium. C O R Y N Bacterium Mm -hmm. Growth. Chlorine Bacterium Growth. It's an overgrowth um, and it's really made her nose very, very uncomfortable and her skin very uncomfortable and everything feels very hot to her and really crusty and very irritating. And on top of many other conditions, which I can fill you in on, if you'd like me to yes, give you okay, the, the list of conditions, um, she's got her throat has continued to get very, very dry, Very hardly yes. any saliva, burning throat, um, and uh, on fire, as she says, and her stomach is all fired up, too. Um, and and doesn't does digest? Bowel movements are very hard uh, for her, and um, she's lost a lot of weight. She's lost um, 30, pounds, thirty thirty pounds, 30 pounds and skin she and bones. she um, skin and skin, bones. skin and bones, and she's got a spinal fractures about five or six spinal Wait fractures seven five, seven spinal fractures uh, up and down her spine. Um, she got very, very desperate not so long ago and uh, wanted hospice to come in and slowly take her out, um, okay. to help her transition. And um, recently, she, um, you know, I mean, I think I think hospice is she keeps that on one hand as a definite possibility to leave this painful situation she finds herself in and very unable to change these uh, conditions and and then of course she's i wouldn't say she's hopeful but you know she does have a will also to live that creeps in a little bit but most of the time she's pretty down about um the situation anything to add christina my sister Christina take the mask down. Yeah, no, I, I, I think she just she's so devastatingly weakened and cannot even really walk around the kitchen island anymore. You know, spends most of her time in, in bed, bed and unable to get on your calls because she has been unable to really use her voice because it's uh, uh, really weakened.
2: I hear you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over the
2: past year or so, a variety of seemingly small things have clustered around your mom and have ultimately um, brought her to where she is right now so that she can't walk around the kitchen island. She can't speak on the phone She has an infection, at least one, um, that is hot, and her mouth is dry, and she's, if not in pain, certainly in great discomfort.
6: Yeah, and pain. Huge Huge pain. Yeah, the pain 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 pain. is excruciating, and the anxiety um, that, that accompanies it is, in a state of constant flight or fight I'm uh, reading, and reading poetry helped. And the depression of being in this spot Of being where she is Having been such a vibrant woman To be in this spot is harder for her so it's, And also my inability to use herbs Because they're mostly in Yeah, the she alcohol. can't use herbs Because they're an alcohol Not always, she doesn't use them Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just, it's from so Everything burns her throat. So even slippery elm. You know, even slippery elm is giving, is not working for her anymore. And uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, marshmallow root. Yeah, marshmallow root. Yeah, which is those wonderful. So devastating and all that, those pills. That lozenges, yeah, the F-lep-ray, elm lozenges. That she, I would make up mm. myself. She would make them up herself. At,
0: All those of are great.
6: I mean, none of it's working. It's like I think salted by this bone. Osteoporosis. No, no, no. no salted by the muscle relaxant. The muscle relaxant and the pro and, you know, things like not. Cipro and muscle relaxer. She took the muscle relaxer, and you know, and then she took Cipro because she had. She took Cipro four months later. Four months yeah. later, and um, you know, yeah, she feels like yeah, um, those really set her back. Yeah. Only two days of it, though. She took two, so two days, days, two to three days, two to three days of Cipro yeah. to um, combat uh, E. coli infection and she took a few um, pills of the Muscular. muscle or black syrup because her back was in such bad shape, mm-hmm. and she felt that that really set Can her she back. she
2: tolerate honey in her mouth?
6: Can she? Honey? Yes. No, she's saying that honey is, is even burned, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you, yeah, I wish I could. Yeah, she says she wished she could. Because that used to help my throat.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: That used to help her throat, the honey.
2: Yes, it would help her throat a lot.
6: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she can't do sweet, it. Now she
2: can. Sweet is the first taste. Mother's milk tastes sweet.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Sweet is the taste most associated with love. When we love someone, we call them sweetie or Honey. And when our body will no longer tolerate sweet, um, then a very strong message is coming through, because sweet is the taste of life. what is maretta able to ingest water mashed potatoes
5: yes
6: yeah. she um she she sips on water and ice um, throughout the day she has um, mashed potatoes she has avocado she has a soft boiled egg yogurt she has yogurt uh, goat Eat yogurt and, and, and yeah, yeah. beef puree. puree with uh, flaxseed oil tiny amounts now
2: tiny amounts That's
6: now. A- yeah, that's her diet. But also, I uh, did the, uh, the, the dandelion. She did dandelion today before yogurt, she
3: ate yogurt. Yogurt. And
6: Wonderful. The, and mashed potatoes. And mashed potatoes.
0: Yeah. And, Hooray
6: for uh, the mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, and say that I had a doctor Prescription some. She had a doctor prescribed Prilosec Prilosec anti-acid Trying to take some of the burning Out of her um, stomach and Made it worse And she felt it made it worse And today she had dandelion Before she ate And um, she felt that that kind of calmed things down
2: I'm so happy to hear that
6: A, A big thing is her digestion And being able to have a bowel movement On her own um, so that's been um, A bit of a struggle had, Yeah. So it sounds like she's
2: eating enough To have bowel movements
7: mm. Yeah That's part of it probably. But she gets And, uh, and no up.
2: one has ever died of constipation mm. I had an apprentice Who had six bowel movements a year
6: Wow Wow uh, Hmm.
2: That's amazing. So I I don't think that we, especially given that her digestive system is not real happy, I don't think it bears tinkering with. Okay. She's eating very little. Mm-hmm. She's making use of it. Um, she'll have bowel movements when her body needs to have bowel movements. Okay.
8: But it
6: bothers her. Um, because she feels like everything is just piling up on top of something in her stomach, so there's no room for it. And so she was wanting to you have know, well, Maybe like
2: you're that. not actually talking about her stomach then.
6: No, Are we talking about something that's intestine. above her
2: belly button or below her belly button?
6: It's not my intestine. Intestine.
2: Okay, so we're not talking about her stomach at all. We're talking about her intestine. So Prilosec wouldn't work at all because it only works in the stomach.
6: Yeah, they were addressing her burning
2: throat. Right, Um, which is the uh, stomach acid.
6: Right. But then she also had this sort of almost IBS type of intestinal, you know, stopping of the motility uh, action going on here. And then that would make her really uncomfortable. I can pass gas. She can pass gas.
2: And that's usually the question. If you can pass gas, you're usually okay.
6: Mm.
2: So, again, what I'm saying is nothing is building up. Mm -hmm. Because she's not eating enough for anything to build up.
6: So that's all I had today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all she had
2: today. I'm sorry.
6: Yeah, well, uh, that, you know that little diet we just told you is all she had today.
2: That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to make a bowel movement.
6: And also say that I have drink, I drink a lot. Everybody says eight glasses of water.
0: Mm-hmm but I don't drink more than maybe two. No,
2: everybody does not say that. An advertising executive at a large bottling company said that, but no scientific study has ever shown that that's a health rule. In fact, drinking that much water usually dilutes your electrolytes and leads to loss of bone mass.
6: How much, drink? How much should you drink?
2: Active people generally need no more than a quart of liquid a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's all liquids. You know, uh-huh. in a study done in Edinburgh at the beginning of the year in which they looked at the hydration capabilities of a variety of different liquids, water was near the bottom in terms of hydration. Very difficult to hydrate your cells, which, after all, are protected by fat with water because fat and water don't mix. No. Mm-hmm. That's why the nourishing herbal infusions are so ideal for hydration because they are a liquid that has some herb material in it. And then herb materials can get very easily into the blood and is hydrating. Mm-hmm. In fact, what they found mm-hmm. was the most hydrating uh, was milk. Mm.
0: Wow. What about yogurt?
2: Yes, certainly. I don't think that they studied it because they didn't consider it a liquid. Um,
6: what, what kind, it all of, kind it of milk? It becomes a liquid almost. What kind of milk? Is preferable? Plant based? Animal based?
2: Plants don't make milk. What's that? Well, you know. Almond. How the- Almond it's not, that's not milk. That's fake food. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Fake food is never
0: preferred.
6: What kind of milk? Cow, sheep, goat.
2: What can you get? That's good quality, that's organic, that's grass fed.
6: you no. Um, I guess we can look around, I'm sure mm. we can get anything. No, we can. Oh. you mm.
0: yogurt as a liquid. How about
6: goat yogurt as a liquid?
2: Goat yogurt is wonderful.
6: Yeah. And sheep yogurt, is that good too? Or only goat?
2: No. I'm I'm not that high bound. Mm -hmm. Yogurt can be very helpful if it's made from good quality milk. It's not a matter of the kind of animal, but the quality mm-hmm. of the milk.:
0: I got you. I
6: think, I think the eating that she. Is okay. there anything else that you would suggest to Mom's diet?: and the gums in her my... mouth. The gums in her mouth are very, very sensitive. She can barely brush her teeth. She has to do it with cotton balls.
2: Can she drink bone broth?
8: Yeah, she does that that every day.
2: Wonderful. That's excellent. Can she drink any nourishing infusion?
6: Which ones would you like? She does um, marshmallow. Ask her what you recommend. Yes, marshmallow
2: is not nourishing. The nourishing herbal infusions are nettle, comfrey leaf, Red clover, oat straw, and then I usually include linden in my rotation because it's such a great anti-inflammatory.
6: Okay, linden, oat straw,
2: and any okay. of those linden. heated up with some mil- milk and a tiny bit of honey would make good hydration. And perhaps because the honey's diluted into the milk and the infusion, um, it will not irritate her mouth.
6: Mm, and it sounds so nourishing.
2: Okay. Yes, exactly.
6: And it wouldn't bloat. Mm, yeah. You don't think it would get her too bloated?
2: I'm not exactly... Understanding
1: what oh it is God, that you're brain.
2: getting.
6: Um, just uh, would she
7: uh, get bloated in her belly um, from the milk? She's asking.
2: Why would milk make one bloated?
6: I don't know. That was your question. Yeah.
1: Anything you can suggest for her
6: pain?
2: Tell me a little more about the pain.
6: Well, she has her back is
2: in pain, her throat. throat. So when you say her back is in pain,
0: are the nerves
2: of her back in pain? Are the muscles of her back um, in pain? Um, Does she have that pain? Equally, all the time, is it worse on exertion? Um, it, just telling me where the pain is located, is it very
0: specific? Uh, um, helpful. It, it, it is from
6: her coccyx bone, going up to the up her spine to I don't know what the number is. Eleven. Uh, um, yeah, eleven L or something like that, up in that area, and so. She uses um lidocaine patches um that's the hospital recommended that, it and I think to, to help her so that's why she Lidocaine mentioned. is
2: girl's best friend
6: okay
0: there you go yeah. but it's uh, how to the pain in my throat and my stomach when I eat things and the pain in
6: her throat and in her stomach when she eats things. That has been going on for seven months. Seven months. It's been going on.
2: Pain in your throat can be a symptom of esophageal cancer.
6: What? Esophageal cancer?
0: <laughs> yeah, but it they ruled that out. Good.
6: How, how do you how do you how do you screen for it? I have my. Uh,
2: you have to do a biopsy.
6: She did a CAT scan without contrast dye. No, but I also went to the eye, nose, and field uh, doctor. And then she also went to an ENT, and they did a culture.
2: And the culture was able to rule out esophageal cancer?
6: I, I don't know, but, but she's just saying, I guess it was... It did. It did at that time. Oh. Really? Okay, it did at that did time. Did they use the word? Did they say it rules out itself a Yeah. You're on the phone. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for the word. i looking for cancer, but it's not...
8: Yeah, he, he
6: was looking sort of like uh, with some kind of apparatus. I don't know what it
2: was. And
6: said, I, I don't see anything.
2: Here, wonderful. Well, there's a variety of things that have soothing qualities to them. So, if marshmallow doesn't work, perhaps plantain seed could work, or plantain leaf could work. Earlier in the show, I was talking about sassafras leaf especially the orange leaves as they're turning and falling to the ground right now.
6: Um, she's not sure if she can do those. Is that what you said, Mom? No, I'm not oh. happy to get them. Oh, how do you get them?
2: You go outside and pick them up. Um
6: so, I mean, mom has had some screens for cancer. Um, she had a CAT scan, but without contrast. So um, nothing showed up, but it wasn't the best scan because they need contrast to get actual real uh, data. She was well, very concerned. About yes and
2: no. The contrast dye shows up soft tissue.
6: Yeah.
0: And cancer is not soft tissue.
6: Do you, do you think that the contrast dye is a um, thing that's um, terrible for the body to if you have to check for cancer? Your eye,
2: Let's ask ourselves a more appropriate question: Which would be more problematic for your body, contrast dye or cancer?
6: Cancer. Cancer
2: then it's worth using the contrast dye to rule out cancer. Because let's just
6: say devil's advocate it is cancer. Oh my
0: goodness. No, no, yes,
6: it is. no, no yeah. let's say no, but yeah. I'm just saying if um I think mom is so afraid to find out if it is cancer that it's so ending, but it's not necessarily ending, is it? Yes it is.
2: Elizabeth Kubler-Ross taught us that we all have an expiration date. She rather amusingly said your expiration date is stamped on your left buttock in a place where you cannot see it. And as she said, some people who have a diagnosis may be told that their expiration date is at this and such a time. But in fact, none of us really know when our expiration date is. So what I tell people about, you know, testing for cancer is if you would treat cancer, then it's worth testing. If you wouldn't treat cancer, then it's not worth testing. If you would just die of the cancer, then it's pointless to have a test. If you're not going to have surgery or chemotherapy or radiation, then why even find out about it?
6: -hmm. I don't know enough about. Are
2: you still
1: there? We're
6: here. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, we're here.
2: Okay, wonderful. Yeah. How is CBD affecting Maretta?
6: Well, it's interesting you should say that. We have, a, um, we have an appointment with a cannabis expert whose expertise is pain management uh, cannabis products. We have that on Thursday uh, on SALT. What do you you recommend? Do you recommend something of that nature?
2: Absolutely.
6: Okay. Because right now, mom's not having any pain pain, um, uh, help. There's no medicine except those lidocaine patches. But she could really use a whole lot more. What would she use for nerves and pain? What would you? She's asking, what would you use for pain and nerves?
2: Nerve pain can often respond to applications of hypericum oil. A half and half mix of THC and CBD seems to calm nerve pain in a great many people. What is if that? she's still so, in New York, if she's still in so New York. She, State, She can go to a doctor and she can can then go to a cannabis um, dispensary. And at that cannabis dispensary, she will have a free consultation with a pharmacist who will advise her on the best products to use to control her pain.
6: If no to go there. Well, we
0: can
5: do telemedicine. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. So we're but going in, to have have in a New par- York
2: State. Unlike in other states, uh, the pharmacist is at the cannabis pharmacy and gives you advice.
6: And then one of our daughters can go. Up.
2: Probably but she does Mm -hmm. need to go to a doctor and get the card. Mm
0: -hmm.
6: Any doctor? Or
2: have the doctor come to her or do it by telemedicine or whatever is happening in COVID. But you do have to get your card first. And you can just go online and, you know, look up, you know, cannabis card or, you know, being a legal cannabis user, and it will give you a list of doctors in your area.
7: Okay.
2: Um, because
6: they're from he's from Vermont. And yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy that we're I'm um, meeting with is from Maine.
2: So the person you're call meeting call with is what?
6: He's from Maine. It's the yeah. The center one. is in Maine. Because it's a it's a form he's at the forefront of it, so that's why we're calling into him.
2: Okay, United that's fine. But your New York card won't work in Maine, and a Maine card won't work in New York. And if you're not a mm-hmm. resident of Maine, you can't get a card in Maine.
6: Right. Okay. Yeah, we understand that. We were
2: just going to consult with him because we were—he was highly highly recommended as an expert. Well, my dad always said an X is a has been and a spurt is a drip under pressure.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. mm mm-hmm. You really don't need an expert. You really don't. I mean, you can do it if you want to, but it's—you right. know—I uh, don't exactly know where it's going to take you. Go online. Mm-hmm. Find a doctor, get Moretta a card, go to the dispensary. A pharmacist will recommend the best products there for Moretta. Okay. We, we'll do.
6: Okay.
2: They are very experienced, and they know what products they have, and somebody in Maine does not know what products you can get locally.
6: Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, that changes
2: it. That's great. Right? But and it's not like there's it's not like you have choices in New York State named varieties of cannabis are not sold in New York State you get 100% CBD 100% THC half and half mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. that's about it mm-hmm. and you can get um, it in food form you can get it in oral spray form you can get it in oil form. Um, you can get it to vape. You can, um, I think New York is now selling flowers as well.
6: How about patches?
2: Yeah, what patches? Patches? you want
6: to put it? Uh-huh.
2: Patches? Would, okay. Right. And, again, the pharmacist okay. will know which of the products that they have for sale will work the best for Maretta.
6: Great. Okay, well, we'll, Thank try, you. we'll try that and the infusions that you talked about with the milk. Um, did you? How much water to milk in those infusions? What's the ratio?
2: When you make an infusion, you use one ounce of dried herb and a quart of water, and that's brewed overnight and then strained, and you can put in up to half milk.
6: Okay. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you.
2: I love well, you, Beretta. Thank you, daughters. Thank you so much. Green yeah.
0: you, Susan. You All go. right.
2: Good night. Good
3: night to them. And we'll go to our next caller in the 516 area code.
4: Hi, Susan. It's Kimberly. How are you? Hey, Kimberly. Hey. Um, Just want to let you know, I uh, got a referral for a stem cell uh, doctor from my attorney, and so I'm making an appointment and going to go down that path for a little bit with the hip. Oh, how? Yeah. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm blessed that I have this job and I have some money so I can actually, you know, make choices that aren't dependent on whether the insurance covers or not, which is, ah, freedom. Um, But I really think that, you know, and again, I need to confirm, but my feeling is the bones are in great shape or decent shape, not serious, you know, seriously arthritic in which case I want to see what I can do about, you know, regenerating this tissue in the labrum. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) That's exciting. I I know. It's very exciting stuff. Um, Very exciting stuff. And um, so I'm very pleased that that feels like the right decision. I spoke to the attorney. He said, that's fine. Um, So, you know. Um, yay. Um, I'm very pleased. Yes. And uh also quite pleased I received my little plant sisters from this uh company called Crimson Sage out in Washington State. I don't know if you remember I ordered some
0: uh
4: more celandine uh, Yeah. you know, to 'cause I live in Florida, right? So Celandine it's you know I don't know what the native plant is that might be used for that, but She's been having a tough time down here. Anyway, so I have some. I started from seed. (laughs) They're actually about an inch tall now um, after six weeks. So that hasn't worked out so well. But I got this wonderful box of uh, some old friends, including celandines. I got three of those. I got a motherwort plant. I'm so excited. And I got a Monardo didyma. I'm hoping that uh, the bee balm would grow um, here as well. And what else did I get? Uh, What else did I get? Oh, and a yarrow who's doing splendidly. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So I don't know. Um, Now I'm looking into getting a greenhouse for the outside so I can keep the critters away from them once it's cool enough to take them out. Uh, So I'm very excited and um, pleased. And, uh, yay! so it's a happy Happy sharing. That's it. I'm gonna...
0: <laughs> Thank you.
4: <laughs> I know you always like to hear the follow-up stories, so there you go. <laughs> we do. We appreciate you. Okay, sweetheart. I'll welcome uh, to the next caller and excited to hear your guest tonight. So
0: love Lots you. and less.
4: <laughs> Bye now. The next caller
3: is coming from the 207 area code.
7: Hi, Susan. This is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. And hi. I had a um just a couple questions um tonight about words. Two words that I've I've just am curious on um if you can uh give me a little more insight on maybe from the wise woman tradition perspective. One word being um stagnation and the other word is essence. Um We had talked uh, about a month ago actually on this program and our conversation kind of ended with this thought of essence coming from Plato or Aristotle um, as meaning unchanging and I did a little research into that and looked up essentialism Um, so but when you said that I was kind of like oh well what does that even mean like is there really anything that is unchanging isn't like doesn't everything change and so that was my kind of question on that one and then the question based on the stagnation. I just hear so much in herbalism these days, like oh, stagnant blood or stagnant um processes or stagnant intestines and it almost like it is maybe related to the whole cleanse detox mindset, but I was wondering um if you had perspectives on that you would like to share on either of those words?
2: Basically, what stagnant means is unmoving, yes? Yeah. So stagnant water is water that's not in a stream. It's not bubbling up from a spring. It's unmoving. So to... Be stagnant means to be unmoving and fixed. I don't truly think that we can ever talk about stagnant energy because I think the definition of energy is that it is moving. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: The five-elements theory... which is used in Chinese medicine, is old and complex and is translated into English and leads us astray. We were talking Mm -hmm. about hot and cold, for instance, this Sunday. And we were talking about overheating and overcooling and how we have to be careful when we're working with Chinese terms and concepts, because hot does not necessarily mean what we think it to mean in the same way that kidney doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. Mhm, so if someone says that there's stagnant energy in the kidney, what is really going on is kind of um. sprinkling of words from another tradition into an explanation in English without perhaps a real understanding of what those words actually mean. In the five element theory, things are divided into fives. There's five hollow organs and five solid organs and there's five elements. Elements and uh, ether, not essence, is the fifth one.
6: Mm-hmm. And
2: energy moves in various patterns from one organ to another. And when the energy is not moving from organ A to organ B, but bypassing it and perhaps sending the energy to organ C, then organ B is not getting the energy it needs, and so it's not as active as it could be. Anytime we're talking about life and living processes, um, nothing can be stuck, nothing can be toxic, nothing can be stagnant, as you so correctly Mm -hmm. say. And these are Mm -hmm. terms that are used, again, in a system of healing in which they don't necessarily mean what you think they mean. So mm-hmm. who's saying this? Who's saying this is stagnant and what do they mean by that? And how would they remedy it?
7: Right. I think a lot of people, you know, are saying, oh, well, um, you know, like, lymphs could be, stag- have like stagnancy um, so maybe it's not flowing as well through the body as it should be, or constipation would maybe be. People would relate that to a state of stagnancy, or
2: um, people yeah, will would say stagnant blood. Not and again, constipation is like, like stagnancy in any way at all.
7: Yeah. Okay. Large yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Large intestine takes the energy out of the food. When there's not enough energy in the food, it's going to stay in the large intestine a longer amount of time.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it's almost the yeah. opposite of being stagnant. It's the large intestine doing its job very well. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. And, or, and I've even heard, like, that symbolism, that um, metaphor of it being like, oh, well, you know, your if your blood is stagnant or, like, pooling, it's almost like the river is flowing and getting stagnant or, like, sludgy, and that's where it starts getting connected to this the thought of cleansing or whatnot. So it was just, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly.
7: It didn't sound exactly. so
2: right to so me. So again, I just, what is what is in your blood and where is it going? We have a serious problem if there's a lot of sugar in your blood. Right? We have a serious problem. It's That's going to start messing with the capillaries. It's going to clog up the capillaries in your kidneys, in your eyes, and in your extremities. Mm-hmm. But it's not stagnation, it's sugar. Mm -hmm. The basic idea about health for thousands of years has been the humoral theory. The idea that blood, black bile, yellow bile, and mucus are the four elements of the body. And a disturbance to any one of those brings about disease, and the disturbance is always that there is stagnation, blockage, or toxicity. And so what we have to do is to use a Lancet, the name of the premier English medical journal to this day, bleed the person to get the stagnant blood out or we want Mm -hmm. to give them herbs that are emetic and cause them to throw up to get the stagnant black bile out Mm -hmm. and so on yeah yeah the wise woman perspective says that when we are nourished and we are well nourished that our own Organs of detoxification will work well and make sure that what we don't need isn't in us. From the wise woman perspective, movement is the direct counter to any kind of stagnation. And that means moving your body, moving your mind, moving your emotions. Right? The deadly emotions are the ones that you get stuck in. The resentment. Mm-hmm. The revenge.
7: The anger.
2: Anger is very lively. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can turn it into resentment. But anger itself is not resentment. You can turn it into revenge, but anger itself is not revenge.
7: I see. Anger is more of the motion of the the release or the movement of the emotion. Yes. Hmm. Cool. Thank you. And what was the first word? Essence. We had been talking about flower essences, and you kind of dropped the hint of like, you know, the word essence, you know, kind of stems from this belief of unchanging. It's like an unchanging um aspect
2: yes, the of the idea a that, thing. that which is that which is ephemeral is of the body and therefore is worthless. And that which is unchanging is of the spirit and essential and therefore important. Mm. So, when someone hears the word "flower mm-hmm. essence," they think the most spiritual unchanging part of the plant, but that's not what a flower essence is at all. Mhm, and even you know more importantly, why should unchanging be better than changing right? And deeper down under that, men are seen to be unchanging and women are seen to be changeable. Therefore, women are not to be trusted. They are dirty and earthy. And men are the only ones who have any chance at all of getting there because they don't change. And this is part of the rationale that kept women from learning, that kept women from professions, that mm-hmm. even up until about 100 years ago, kept women from having bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So I find mm-hmm. the whole concept of essence to be very anti-woman. Hmm. And, of course, as an herbalist, I don't use flower essences because, as far as I'm concerned, they promote and feed um, the worst disease on this planet. And that disease is the belief that matter and spirit are different.
7: Uh, Yes, there it is. Hmm.
2: If matter and spirit are different, then we can do anything we want to matter because it doesn't count.
7: Hmm. It doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. We were talking this weekend about animism, the belief that everything in nature is animate. Mm-hmm. And the rocks and the waters and the trees and the wind are, are imbued with the ability to communicate with us. And of course, in our modern world, it is not an animate world, it is an inanimate world. I don't remember which one it was, but there was, during my lifetime, a president who said, if you've seen one tree, you've seen them all. Cut them down. Mm. Hmm. Right? So that when Native people say, this place right here is sacred to us, and then Western people say, "Doesn't? What, how can you say this is sacred? There's nothing special here. hmm
7: I see.
0: Good yeah. question. Okay.
2: Good question. Yeah. I may have time to answer one more question if I say goodbye to you now.
7: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Good night. Green blessings.
7: Good night.
3: Okay. The last caller before our guest arrives is coming from the seven three two area code.
0: Hello, Susan. Hi. I hope, things are well. I hope things are well with you and yours. Um, yes. I'm Earth. Um am 70. I had a motorcycle accident when I was about 17. They tried to use a lot of psychotherapy drugs on me. Then my my daughter, I was always interested in herbs, and my daughter took up and found you. So I've been uh, listening to you speaking for about a year off and on. As far as the nourishing herbal infusions go, I I take them, but I can't take them all the time because I'm I'm very uh, up and down all the time, round and round and over. So I don't know how to stop that kind of cycling. I I, I prefer the uh, stinging nettle and the oat straw. I mean, yeah, the oat straw
2: sounds good to me.
0: But, how do I stop the cycling?
2: I don't know what you mean by the cycling.
0: I get very I get very energetic and I get very depressed. The only
2: thing that I know of that stops bipolar swings is lithium.
0: They offered me that when I was a youth, and i stopped, I spoke with Dr. Sugarman, the, the lithium doctor. And uh, I was very angry with about, about them pushing lithium on young women who hadn't had their uh, children yet because it has uh, detrimental effects on fetuses at the levels that they're using it.
2: Is that a concern for you right now?
0: Not for me now, but it had been. And I, so I just like lithium. No, I just done and you have to have your blood work tested regularly to see that I can't do that I mean I just can't do it I don't mind having my blood drawn but I can't do it like every week every month I can't I'm not that regular that's why I take the nursing fusion infusion I know people who take lithium who don't have their blood tested that regularly uh, that's that's the protocol for psychiatrists I started out. I was Uh You
2: know, I think that might be just at the very beginning. Okay. Until you're stabilized.
0: I I don't think so. And
2: again, there isn't any herb that's going to do what lithium does. Lithia. There are places in the desert Southwest where there are lithia springs. Uh And suggest to people who don't want to take lithium that they make a pilgrimage to a lithium spring and spend a month or more there drinking lithium-rich water.
0: Oh, well, this that interesting. That's something I would like to do. And I may be in a position to do that more recently because uh, I'm starting to get myself uh, back to... Uh, what I was, what I don't understand when you're getting older and you may not be getting well, then if you are getting well, then you're back to where you were when you're about 17.
2: I mean, there's, a, there's a local a songwriter in Woodstock who wrote a song about COVID and he says in the song, when you get back, when you get back, when you get back, you never get back to where you've been, you only get back. Where you're going?
0: Uh, Well, I guess that's what uh, I was saying there.
2: And really, gosh, I don't think they could pay me enough to be 17 again. I'm so happy I'm
0: 17. Well, I was, I was very
2: long. I have not want to turn back the clock. I am just thrilled. And uh, Rebecca is our guest here.
3: She is. She's here.
2: Good. I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. Thank you so much for your call. Green blessings. Good night.
0: Green blessings. I'll speak with you another time.
2: As a spiritual business coach, Beth Weinstein helps current and aspiring spiritual entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, and leaders align with your purpose and grow your business so you can help more people create consistent income and have a business you love working from anywhere on earth. Using her experience growing multiple businesses, including three of her own, along with neuroscience-backed methodologies, spiritual teachings, and practical business action plans, Beth offers a multidimensional approach to help you move past limiting beliefs, overcome obstacles, and grow your business in a successful, impactful way. She guides you in a step-by-step process to grow your business using a co-creative approach combining practical business coaching and heart-centered marketing strategy together with a spiritually-based mindset training and manifesting work. Beth Weinstein is the founder of the Psychedelics, Secret Medicines, Purpose and Business Free online conference. She was the co-creator of the Music is Medicine Festival and Urban Ceremony, a mind, music, body, spirit festival with a musician, East Forest. Beth Weinstein has spoken on multiple stages, podcasts, and summits, been featured in the New York Post, Huffington Post, Shape Magazine, and more. Welcome to the show, Beth.
8: Hi, Susan. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
2: I am so happy to have you here. You're doing such amazing work. I hardly know where to begin. Is there something special you'd like to talk about?
8: Sure. Um, well, you were recently a featured speaker, an expert speaker, on my Psychedelic Psych of medicine's Purpose and Business series. And, and what a good um, time yeah, I had with you. Yeah, yeah. You were it was Great. Um, The series is actually um, still in a replay period, so it is available to watch. You can still see Susan's amazing interview where I heard a story about you that I've never heard before (laughs) about your history. Um, Yeah, so we can talk uh, about this intersection. It seems to be a really big growing topic to talk about, um, you know, different psychoactive plant medicines and psychedelics that are here to help us in our um, healing and expansion of our consciousness. If we want to talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, essentially I hosted this big series recently and it was about the intersection of, you know, working with psychedelics and sacred plant medicines to help us heal this place in our heart that feels that we um, are actually here for a larger purpose, meaning, you know, a lot of people, I believe, especially in our Western culture, seem to be kind of caught up in um, the rat race of survival in, especially in America. And, you know, what I found over, you know, my 30 years experience of working with psychedelics and being on a really deep spiritual path and, you know, on a a path connected very deeply to the earth and, um, you know, the plant kingdom that these medicines tend to open us up to a new perspective of life and perspective of, um, you know, having a deeper level purpose that aligns with our heart and our soul, as well as living in more harmony with the planet and, um, you know, and the plants and the animals and, you know, um, the all, you know, to to step into this place of that there is no separation, like you were just talking about um, previously about, you know, matter is spirit and there is no disconnection. Um, So I found that over the years, this is something that the mainstream media was not discussing when they were talking about all these, you know, new scientific findings about the, the ability for psychedelics and sacred plant medicines to help us with, you know, PTSD, depression, anxiety, you know, mood disorders, um, you know, even a drug addiction, alcoholism. And, you know, I wanted to explore, well, what about everything else? You know, what about life beyond PTSD? What about just the day-to-day living here in the Western culture of, um, you know, our society that's always so busy, right, and and so caught up with just trying to survive and and work in the, the, quote, rat race. So um, this is what the series was all about, and it turned out to be a huge success. It's amazing to see how much curiosity there is right now around the exploration of these medicines now that um, it's kind of come out to, you know, come a little more out of that taboo realm from, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. To now, where there's science behind it, and there's um, you know a lot of nonprofits doing work to help you know get the word out that these actually have deeper level benefits that I think um, society had never been open to before. So um, yeah, so it was really great to have you on to share your story of um, LSD shaping the path that you're on. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you,
2: do you In fact, have it? I I felt that uh, the psychoactive plants, including LSD, um, have shaped American herbalism and have made it very different than herbalism in any other country.
8: (laughs) Yeah, so it's really fascinating, right, to see how, and I believe, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but I do believe the more that people work with these, these plants, the more people become open to the idea that oh well wait a second there are plants to heal us that might actually be better for us than you know the the doctor that wants to give me four pills um you know and i've just we've all been witnessing kind of you know this this growth and this movement and i do believe that it's all interconnected you know it's like coming back into our hearts coming back into our bodies you know being more connected like um you know, being more connected with the earth like our ancestors were. Um, and I feel like for so long in this, this kind of Western culture in America, there's been a disconnection. And so, you know, this exploration of, you know, what else do these medicines open us up to besides, you know, having a trip? <laughs> um, so, yeah yeah no was, um i and it was a beautiful discussion with you hearing um you know your your n- unique perspective around you know the the growth of herbalism and um you know the the fact that I think there's more and more people looking for quote i i i quote alternatives you know to our system that maybe isn't hasn't been serving hasn't been working so much um yeah. So, do you, should we uh, do you have questions or for me or? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well,
2: so you know, people might be getting the idea now that if they're going to come to you as a um, coach
8: mm-hmm. for a
2: spiritual business, that the first thing you're going to have them do is take some kind of psychoactive plant.
8: <laughs>
2: and I say, yeah. I think that might be the wrong
8: idea. <laughs> It is the wrong idea. Um, no. So what? It's it's interesting. So I have been um, a business coach for many years, and I call myself a spiritual business coach because I I do infuse a lot of my deep spiritual beliefs and practices into my coaching. You know, it's not all about marketing and writing emails or doing doing doing. You know, because uh, the you have to. I believe you have to have the masculine and feminine of, you know, the co-creation aspect, meaning connection to your heart, connection to a deeper mission, connection to the divine energy that that feels that it's pulling you in a direction. Um, The reason why I started discussing... That all sounds
2: good. What's the male part of it?
8: The male part is, to me, um, the doing, meaning, like, yes, you know, if you want to reach a large group of people... You know, and help more people on this planet. It does take some work to get yourself out there, and, you know, let's say in a public way. Like, for example, you're doing blog talk radio. This is a way so you're a able woman, to woman
2: It's a woman. There's no male part of it at all. I had sex. Oh, X- well, X-
8: the there's
2: no male part of me. I am female, female.
8: Mm, yes. Yes, well, I'm speaking about more the, the energetics of, um, you know, the. The, the energetics
2: not- of action are female.
8: Mm.
2: I am not going to ascribe activity to male and passivity to female.
8: Oh, true. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is just uh, the way I've been describing the, um, the mix of staying in your heart and actually I'm getting it Good for attacked. women. But you're right. I'm good for women.
2: We have our own way of being active, and when we try to mimic men's ways of being active, it doesn't work as well for our hearts Mm -hmm. as women.
8: True. Yes, you have a point there. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, I'd use it more as an analogy to describe the fact that, you know, business does take some effort, you know, whatever that means. Um, because I yeah, well, I so just does keep-
2: being a mom. Of course, yes. That's very okay. active. Lots of what women yes. do is very active. Making dinner requires some effort. Doing the laundry, changing the sheets, taking care of uh, of a family—that all requires enormous effort.
8: Hmm. Yes. And it's a lot.
2: Yes. Yeah, It is a lot, and, I, and mm-hmm. I love, I don't know if you remember the bumper sticker from back in the 60s. This is every mother is a working mother.
8: Mm-hmm. I don't remember it because I was not yeah. around then. But. <laughs>
2: no. No, what I say to women is you're already an entrepreneur.
8: Mm, that is true.
2: If you're running a yeah. family, you're already an entrepreneur. Exactly. You already understand it, inventory and, um, you know, ordering
8: and mm-hmm. scheduling
2: and a lot of important things.
8: Of course, of course, yes, yes. Uh, yes, and this is not to discount the work that women do. It's, um, you know, I've used it more as a, an analogy, but maybe I need to rethink that analogy. But
2: I think so, because since, those are the kinds of analogies like bad is black, oops, mm-hmm. that's used as an analogy all the time, but it has not gotten us in a good place.
6: Mm, definitely. No, you're correct.
2: Yeah. So um, I think I think that that um, these things are, you know, uh, subtle, but because you're working with with women, I think they're they're really really important. And especially, um, I find that these kinds of things come up when we use psychoactive plants.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because,
2: because they seem. Um, suddenly to be um, something that is outside of us as opposed to many of us just grow up with a certain set of beliefs and they're inside us and that's what we believe. And the psychoactive plants can actually separate us from those beliefs and give us a chance to say, really, I believe that? Do I want
8: to? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And question everything, right? <laughs> Yes.
2: yes, indeed. This- yes, indeed. What's, what's new and fun that you're working on? Um,
8: so I actually have a few programs coming up where I do help. Uh, so I tend to help a lot of, you know, actually male-identified male and female-identified humans um, both move into the entrepreneurship. You know, a lot of people come to me who, let's say, have had jobs that they don't like or they've been kind of afraid to start on their dreams or maybe they've started a business but then they're kind of struggling or stuck and don't know how to reach more people. Um, that's where I come in and help. And, you know, one of the reasons why I started discussing the psychedelics was that I I tended to draw in um, a lot of people who are working with psychedelics who... Like you just said, they started to see, you know, these, um, you know, the opening, like the the questioning of, like, well, wait, what have I been doing all this time? And because, you know, if you go very deep into psychedelics, like, let's say, become, you know, work with them a few times a year or whatever it is, it, it can kind of expedite this process very quickly. Um, so I felt that it was actually important to discuss, you know, this intersection between You know, choosing work or a business doesn't matter that you really love that's in your heart versus being stuck in this realm of um, doing what you were raised to do or believe, you know, like society told you you should do. Um, So in my programs, I help people really get started on these businesses. So, for example, let's say someone just trained with Susan Weed for – I don't know, five years, (laughs) you know, or 10 years, let's say, Um, you know, and they're ready to really become an herbalist and start helping people, you know, on a deeper level, like reaching more people, building their client base, you know, that's where they would come to my program and learn, okay, here's how you, you know, attract people, let's say online, or work from anywhere or grow your business beyond, You know, let's say they have five clients, but they actually want to have 25 clients. You know, that's where they come to me in my program. So I actually have a couple programs coming up. Um, One is starting right at the beginning of November. It's very inexpensive, and it's only six weeks long. And it's actually, it helps you really get the foundation of how to communicate to the exact kind of people that you desire to work with. Um, Because, you know, one of the biggest issues I've found over the years is that people, especially in these days, in a very noisy world we have, meaning there's so much technology and so many, you know, social media and blogs and shows and, you know, I could go on and on. People start to get confused and they don't know where to begin. You know, they think, oh, I I must publish a book first or I must have 10,000 followers first. And it's actually, um, it's a lot more simple than that. So this is what I teach in this program that's coming up in November are very simple steps that cost no money that help you really get momentum and start to, you know, really live live this purpose of yours and actually go and help people. You know, I believe that the world needs help very much right now um, and that people who are given gifts like, let's say studying herbalism with Susan Weed, you know, not everybody has had, you know, had this available to them. So now that they're gifted or given all this knowledge from you, it's like, okay, now how do we spread this out? How do we help people with, um, you know, with their chronic disorders or Lyme disease or healing their anxiety or, you know, whatever it is, like, even literally an hour ago, I was speaking with my aunt, whose 82-year-old um, partner, husband, is not doing well. And she is sick of giving him drugs. You know, like, he, he's just on so many that she's convinced it's actually not helping him. It's actually making him worse. And so, you know, I've tried sharing about all these alternatives. So it's like, how do we reach more and more people that are are starting to realize that, this other way isn't working, you know? Um, So that's part of my bigger mission is really help the healers and coaches and transformational leaders and therapists and people who are on this path of transformation and help them reach more people so we can actually create a happier, healthier, you know, planet that's really living in harmony with ourselves, our hearts, and each other, and the earth. You know, that's that's my big mission. How has
2: COVID changed what you do or how you do it?
8: Yeah, well, it's it was actually very interesting. I had launched a program right before COVID, had um, you know, twenty twenty something clients sign up and then COVID hit, you know, March and um what I did is so I've always been online. I've actually this is my third business and the last two businesses have been completely online. So I've been running online businesses since 2013 or 2012. Um, What I did was I actually just showed up and helped people move online as quick as possible. So for example, like my yoga teacher or a lot of people in my own community, like I actually live near Susan in upstate New York. Um, There were a lot of people with locally based businesses that actually had no idea how to move online. So I actually just started showing up and helping people, um, putting on a lot of free, you know, free webinars, free Facebook lives, free trainings. And I just showed up and helped and without any expectation other than I just wanted to help people. And the irony is my business actually like quadrupled, you know? Um, I think because all of a sudden people realize, wow, Beth has been talking about online businesses for, you know, whatever it's been the last six, seven years. And now I get what she's been saying. (laughs) Um, You know, like even my own partner, who's a, he's a body-based therapist. He deals with, you know, a lot of trauma and, and, you know, somatic therapy. Even he had an office in the Hudson Valley and in New York city and obviously had to shut it down very quickly and, Thankfully, it was already partially online, but even he had to scramble and move everybody online right away. You know, so it was really interesting to watch, um, you know, how quickly people needed to shift. And so I really just stepped up and helped whoever asked, whoever I could. You know, like I have a community on my email list. Like, hey guys, what questions do you have? Let me answer you. So for me, I actually wasn't affected. Um, you know, to me, it just feels like, you know, I've always kind of worked from home. It feels like any old day, the only thing I can't do anymore is, you know, I can't go to my local coffee shop and work from there for three hours on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but it's actually been interesting to watch because, because I helped so many healers and coaches and, you know, people on this Pat herbalists, um, you know, even body workers, Because I'm helping them create online businesses, um, I think what I've witnessed happen, you know, especially let's say like around April, May, when things were really like people were like, wow, this isn't going away like tomorrow. What happened was people really started to see that this actually means our world is changing. Like this isn't just a blip. It's, it's like something bigger. And so people, a lot of my clients started really recognizing that, wow, I am here to help. You know, it's time to get serious about my desire to bring my healing gifts to more people or to bring my transformational coaching to more people. So that's what I've seen happen since COVID in my business is that people who've been thinking about this for, you know, years or, you know, even like I mean, there's people who've been wanting to get their healing gifts to more people for five, ten years, they all of a sudden realize like now is the time. Like it's all hands on deck. Because people it's like Susan, like people need to hear, you know, how how to nourish your immune system, you know, more than ever right now, right? <laughs> so I think that's what I've witnessed over the last, you know, seven months that it's been
2: and to me, what you're talking about is the real heart of the entrepreneur. That mm-hmm. you don't lay awake deciding what business you're going to do, but you are—you wake up every day and say, "What needs can I fill?"
7: Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And that—that yeah. that is entrepreneurship from the heart. Mm -hmm. because that's what your heart wants. Your heart wants to fill those needs. And so that's the question you ask yourself, not what product can I sell to people? You know, Mm -hmm. how can I make the most money? But the more satisfying question of um, what makes me happy to wake up in the morning? Mm, Yes.
8: Yeah. I always say it almost, and you probably feel like this too, (laughs) it feels like you're not working. Like, I never feel like I'm, quote, you know, working at a job, you know, like a job, because it becomes just your heart. It's it's the path of the heart, and it, it becomes just your livelihood. And I I agree completely, you know, none of my clients are ever driven by the money. I'm never driven by the money, but the what happens when I believe, when you're more connected to your heart and this deeper level, you know whatever I call it, divine, you know, like the divine guidance, the divine purpose that's pulling you, you know, the more you follow that, the money kind of just comes, you know, Mm -hmm. without even trying, quote, unquote, you know, it's um, not to say it's always magical, of course, but I make more money the more I just show up and listen to what is guiding me, you know, like even the recent summit that I did this year and the one I did last year, which were both around this, Intersection of psychedelics and purpose. I actually didn't know why. I, you know, like I just kind of was being told to do this over and over and over. I actually resisted it for almost two years, but I did it anyways without any attachments, without any expectations, and voila! You know, like huge success. Um, and that's what I've seen. It's exactly what you say. It's the heart. You know, like the connection of the heart path. And I do believe. You know, if we can see this on a large scale on earth, you know, imagine what could happen, you know, to society, um, to the happiness of, of all being, you know.
2: Wow, that's a great thought.
8: Tell people
2: how they can get in touch with you and grab your free training, Three Steps to Get Clients, and Grow a Thriving Coaching, Healing, or Purpose-Based business
8: that you love yeah so i can be found all over the internet at beth a weinstein so it's beth a. i have um, like susan just mentioned i have a free training that's all about how to start and grow you know a healing coaching or any other similar spiritually based purpose-based business um in this training everything i teach is a free way of growing this kind of business. So I don't believe that it takes money, you know, or um, thousands to get clients. It actually just takes learning these simple steps. And I've actually had people start and grow businesses just from this free training. So there's a link. um, I think it's on your blog talk webpage, but it's on my website, right on the landing page, just BethAWeinstein.com. I'm also on Instagram at Beth A. Weinstein. I'm on Facebook. I think I'm connected to Susan on Facebook. Um, But, yeah, you know, essentially I do believe that we are blessed with technology. And these days it, it actually doesn't cost money to start this kind of a business. Like it really doesn't. It just takes getting into action, you know, putting aside your fears and your doubts and really connecting with your heart. And that is working from inspired action, you know, like this inspiration of, you know, why show up every Tuesday and do blog talk, blog talk radio, you know, because you're inspired, <laughs> because you're connected to to your mission, because you have wisdom to share with the world, you know, and that's what I see for so many people is this this is the time, you know, this is the time for you know, people on this path to really step up and and help, you know, and and stay connected to what we want to see on the earth as a whole.
2: I am so thrilled that you are out there helping people make what seems to be the terrifying leap from getting a paycheck to living.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, it can feel very scary.
2: (laughs) So, Thank you for being there, being that coach, Beth Weinstein. Beth A. Weinstein. And I want to ask you what you'd like to leave in the hearts and minds of everyone who's listening.
8: Yeah, well, it's like what you just said about stepping into that kind of Scary. It can be. A, it can feel like a scary process. But I, I have this motto that It's kind of um. It's about like you know I say all the time mission over ego. Meaning you know everything is either love or fear. And if you step into this place of love, you know really connect your heart and just take little baby steps you know, imagine what kind of, you know, world you can create, like, helping one person at a time, you know, influencing others, teaching them your wisdom, and I always say, you know, it's not worth the wait any longer, because we don't have time to wait, you know, there's so many people that need your help, that need your own, you know, your, your unique medicine to share, just, you know, now is the time to just, step up and share it, you know? We're clearly seeing this played out on the world stage right now. There's a lot of people who are looking for help, looking for alternatives, going through a lot of anxiety and depression, and, you know, now is the time to help one another and um, really create the world that we want to see. So that's what I would say is, you know, little baby steps to push through and, and really step into the place of inspired action from the heart.
2: Beth A. Weinstein, thank you so much from my heart for helping to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients. And Rebecca, herbal medicine as people's medicine, yeehaw and
0: hooray,
2: everybody! Green blessings. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Good
1: night,
6: everyone. Good
2: night. Good night. Good night.
3: Thank you.